Hey there, and welcome to episode 120 of the Trudy podcast. I'm glad to be here with you today, wherever you might be listening to this around the world, in your car, maybe you are on a run or a walk, or you're just at home putting your feet up. I really hope that that's what you're doing right now. You've got a nice cup of tea or a cup of coffee and you're enjoying this conversation that I'm about to share with you. Today I have Bella Kauke on the podcast. She is someone I've known for a few years now because she owns with beautiful Gabby, the most amazing stationery store They have a bricks and mortar store and they also have an online component and many other things in the works, which you will hear about uh, towards the end of the conversation. So her store is called Honest Paper. And if you are in Newcastle, you must visit if you are also obsessed with stationery like Bella was for most of her life. (laughs) She even tells a funny story how she wanted to be paid to gift wrap when she was growing up. So I think that's super cute, but also so awesome that she was able to live that dream because now that's exactly what she gets to do. So in this conversation, we dive in all sorts of directions because that's how I love it on here. I love that we get the real and honest story. So we get a bit of backstory about how Honest Paper came to be. We talk about the mix of business and motherhood and Bella's experience of having two children whilst growing a a business that you know, she had to be quite face-to-face in because they have the retail component, what that's been like, and being also in partnership with someone during that time. Uh, what's going on with their marketing and how they choose to market their business, how they use social media. We talk a little bit about TikTok, which is super interesting for me because I feel like I'm completely on the grammar end of the scale when it comes to things like TikTok it's very new to me, but she she shares some really interesting thoughts around that that I think that you'll you'll really like to hear if you've been TikTok curious, shall we say. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation. This is episode 120 of the True to You podcast. Welcome to the True to You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. So I'm very excited today because I am joined by Bella of Honest Paper and we're actually recording this in their exquisite stationery store here in Newcastle which is amazing because this is also one of my favorite places to hang out. So thank you Bella for being on the podcast. Thank you. It's so awesome to be here. I 
I, yeah, still getting my head around that people want to hear my story. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed they do. And I think, you know, watching your journey over the past three years since I moved to Newcastle and uh, we worked side by side pretty much for a few years and just seeing what you've done in that short space of time is remarkable. Also through two years of absolute craziness, like... Yeah, running a business in a pandemic, so fun. (laughs) We are going to talk about that as well because even though I don't have a lot of uh, clients or people on the podcast that have bricks and mortar stores, I think it's also really important that we talk about this because, you know, some people, this might also be an option for them in their business. So I think talking about the reality of what it's like to have that, you also have the online component, but... The first thing I really wanted to get into is the backstory of Honest Paper. So how did the obsession with stationery and (laughs) cards and pens and paper and like all of the beautiful things start? I thank you so much for having me. It's so good. (laughs) I never want to be ungrateful. So thank you. Um, But yeah, so I have been obsessed with stationery ever since I was a small human. My family has always been really into gift wrapping, that kind of thing. And I used to say as a kid, one day when I grow up, I just want to be paid to be a gift wrapper. And so it's funny because I used to say that as like a six year old and here I am in my early thirties being paid to gift wrap gifts, which is cool. But yeah, no, I've always loved stationery. And when I was, um, I took the non-traditional route of um, trying the uni thing and then dropped out due to some personal circumstances and then sort of dabbled in graphic design. And so yeah, so I took the corporate route and um, I was doing sort of the nine to five thing, which actually was really good for me. It gave me a little stability and, you know, after trying to do the small business thing as a 19 year old. I had no idea what I was doing. Helped me a lot in the sense of it set me up in a lot of ways. And then yeah, one day my friend Gabby, she texted me and she's like, I had this dream. We started this design studio and I was like, oh, well, let's do it. And so we did. And um, then a year later, we sort of did markets for a little bit yeah. and we were just doing graphic design because we just love paper products. And, um, and then one day I walked past our first space in the junction. I saw it and I was like, I should put a stationery shop in there. And again we did and yeah then we made every mistake in under the sun and um really learned our customer base and just basically refused to die and um six years later we have this thriving stationary space in the middle of the city and people travel to see us and big online business and a stationary brand and yeah so it's turned a full circle from like you know not succeeding at all to doing well and it's a yeah the obsession for stationary still stands (laughs) Good, good, excellent. I'd Sorry, that was probably a bit of a roundabout answer. But oh, no, no, no. Synopsis of sorts. I think that's sorts. actually a very, like, condensed version of, yeah. of the last six years. So I guess you, you really d- took a chance. And, I mean, you had a love for stationery, but it wasn't like you went into this partnership with Gabby going, we, or did you? Oh, no. You didn't there was no business store. plan. Yeah. There was no depth of conversation when we first started all we knew was we saw this gap it's not even really a gap we loved stationery there was no shops like it we knew we could create something that was slightly different to what people had already known to exist and we just did it but honestly i cannot recommend our journey like 
we went through, like some people will cope with a journey like that. Like I'm the type of person who refuses to give in because I'm like dogmatic in that sense. And (laughs) I'm like, I said I would do it, so I'll do it. Um, I think that's more of just a following through thing. Mm. Like I'm the type of person that says, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it. Um, And then after a while, people started sort of, assuming we weren't going to do it so long. I was like, well, I have to do it now because you told me I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> so I had to prove them wrong. Um, um, but yeah, it wasn't planned. None of it was organized. And we seriously, we made every mistake in the book. Like we went financially backwards for three years. Our husbands carried us over. I had a baby in December in like the retail season. That's a really bad idea. Like all of it. But I don't, I don't regret any of it. It was all fun and we learned so much. And I think you, I've heard you say, get an MBA in experience. And I feel like that's what I've done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I think there's nothing like the the grittiness of small business when it's on your own dime. It's, yes. There's so much more risk. And therefore you also have to take more risks because- So much risk. You have to like, you have to really try a lot of things until something, the formula works, you know? Yeah. And and sometimes I think also with any small business, especially like what you have, retail, you need to build a reputation. Like you, people need to, totally. to know that you exist. That, and the community as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was one thing we were speaking about before, before we started recording that you really have a solid community around this business. And I'm sure that carried you through a lot of the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the last couple of years have been wild and, but I, I mean, I know it sounds super positive, but in everything that we've been through, that's been hard, that's been a beautiful outcome. Mm. And I'm a really big believer in redemptive endings and I love things when they've broken and mended and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I, I, I mean, just from a business perspective, Ruby, I'm sure you agree, but like we are so focused on people's success and so focused on, you know, the wins and we're all trying to avoid failure, but failing is amazing. Mm. Failing, like doing everything wrong, taught me how to do everything right. And I learned so many life lessons about myself and what I want to do. And six years later, I still love this. Like I adore coming in today. I woke up at 5.30 to get here to interview with you today and talk about this. And I'm delighted, like I'm not, you know, sucking down coffee to just stay awake to have this conversation. I'm so delighted to be here and share this space with you. And, and what we're doing now in the next five years is, you know, a new journey as well, but there's, it's still wonderful. So mm. I, I don't regret any of those mistakes and I don't regret trying. I don't regret risking our personal finances. All of it has been restored. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you find that most entrepreneurs will will have some failings and it's many mostly yeah yeah. have you read the nike book yeah i've heard that (laughs) that some of the biggest entrepreneurs go bankrupt at some point and yeah i'm not suggesting that you need to go bankrupt in order to be successful it's that's not the formula that's just yeah um, like coincidentally if you trace people's stories that's what happens and at least you have to be willing to go bankrupt yeah yeah you're really putting your and and that's the biggest thing right and that's the reason why people won't take the risk is because a like something like that equals a failure for them and potentially for their life and with 
entrepreneurship and small business in particular, especially when, you know, when you're in a smaller community too, Mm. everybody knows you and everybody's going to know your story and you feel as though there's more on the line because it's like, Everybody's gonna I, you know never escape it either. Yeah. <laughs> like we've just hit the point we're working on our own stationery brand now. And we're working on product creation, basically. Mm. Even now, after doing this for six years and feeling like I've got a good established business, I was talking to my husband last night. I was like, I'm still dealing with these fears of failure, of jumping in. And he, he just kept saying to me, you know what you're doing. You know your market. You know mm. this gap that you see. He's like, trust yourself in that. And I still, to this minute, I'm like, yeah, but I've built this beautiful community. I don't want to let them down. I don't want to look like the fool, you know, like all this stuff. And even now, even though I feel so confident in this and what we've created, I still have those Mm. experiences. And I think doing this is a daily battle of that. You Mm. have to wake up every day and go, it's okay. I can do this again Mm. and again and again. And if you stop, then you basically, I think you'll get bored and... And then you'll want to have a nap and, you know, that, that leads to... <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think that thrill, um, that thrill that you get from when things work or when you pull yourself out of a shitty situation when you're running a business, it's, it's that that keeps you going. Totally. You, you hit the big milestones and you're kind of, you're celebrating or sometimes you don't even celebrate. I think that's another uh, like hurdle I've definitely had to definitely, get, get yeah, through same. is celebrating all of the wins and not just brushing over them. But you tend to focus less on that and more on, wow, look what we got through. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, yeah. look what we managed to um, pull ourselves out of. And that's I think that's the stories that, that you live for really, isn't totally. it? Totally. And I think at a certain point it becomes about it's never about what you can do. It's what about, you know, what you can't do and then you can do, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And for me, I, it's, I enjoy the game of it as mm-hmm. well. Just as much as I love the business and what we're doing and um, I hear people talking a lot about, you know, how important it is to be so passionate about your product and I really am, but I've also gotten to the point where I'm beyond the passion mm-hmm. of the product. Like I live this. This is my life now now for me part of it is i'm enjoying the game of it as well like i enjoy the thrill of that what you're saying and and i don't want to shy away from that i don't think that's a negative thing at all i think that leaning into what you enjoy is wonderful and there are different different seasons for different things yeah yeah i always i always find that interesting too when it comes to the question of balance because i think like that's the that gives you energy and that's like life-giving but it can also mean that you it becomes all-consuming and I mean you've got children now so it's definitely like you've got you've got some priorities that you can't just turn your back on but totally but certainly I think people who aren't running a small business might not understand how sometimes you're quite okay with working more hours than you need totally. to because there's so much joy in what you get as well. Absolutely. And there, everything, even with children, everything is just a period of time. Like there will be times, and Gab and I talk about this all the time, there are growth seasons and there are times when, yeah, we still work till midnight mm. and we still do that. 
now because we're growing. And then there are times when we really focus on life and balance. Like Gabby's had the week off this week, she's on holidays, and we haven't spoken about the business and we have rules and there are, there are times, you know, that you'll take to rest and reflect, but I, I don't feel tired from working on my business because mm -hmm. I love what I'm doing. And I, yeah, like I say, I, to this day, it's still enjoyable because it keeps innovating and it keeps changing. And I'm, I love that yeah. and everyone's different. But for me, this works. Like I'm happy to work hard because I love the, you know, what we're creating. And like you say, you know, it's, it's not the same. I don't feel like it's the same energy as working for somebody else. Yeah. And do you think you're also putting bigger goals on the board, which means that you can see now a year, maybe three or five years down the track versus when you just started and it's like, we just got to make the yep. rent and yep. the bills. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, even then you but take on then, a new thing yeah. and you're like, oh, I've got to make the rent and the bills again, you know. I'm into this idea at the moment. I don't know where I've picked it up from, but um, it's stretch and grow. You know, mm. you stretch first and then you grow into that and okay. then you stretch and then you grow. And for me, that's what I think if I look over the last six years of my life, everything is a stretch and then a growth. Mm. And I think that's my pattern. I think that's sort of how I, and learning to trust myself in that and go, yep, okay, this is a stretch, but then, you know, in a few months time, this will not feel like a stretch anymore because you would have grown into that capacity. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe somebody listening needs to hear that. The stretch yeah. is okay yeah. and the growth is okay too. And then you'll get to a point where you can choose to stretch again and you know, it's up to you where you, where you take that. For me, I think that works for me. Yeah. But it's, I'm honestly constantly questioning. I'm like, am I just losing my mind? Like, has this gone to my head? <laughs> but I think I'm okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing you mentioned before in your story is that you had a baby right at Christmas, your first your first baby. Super smart. Definitely my best choice. Nature has its own. <laughs> Nature did have <laughs> its, its own, own way plan. this time. <laughs> but I guess I'd love to talk a little bit more about motherhood and business. That was something that we spoke about before we were recording this, that this, this business has been built through having two children. Totally. And I think that especially with a partnership too, um, that could be a really scary decision to make, I imagine. And um, 100%. it's the same for my husband and I, because we're in business together. And, mm. you know, what does that look like as well mm. um, down the line? And so I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit about, oh, there's so many ways we could go with this question, I think, around motherhood. But I think a lot of people... Obviously, there's the guilt of running a business. There's the, and with that, I guess it's it's finding that balance. It's okay. We'll uh, just we'll yeah. lean in. Yeah. I, Maybe we just mention it. If you can hear water, yeah, we're not. Because the plumbing's really loud. No. I imagine that would be so strange. Go go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, like I don't know where you want to start with that, but. What's it been like for you? Yeah, yeah, look, I can't say that this has all been me. Gabby is my, my business partner. She has supported me on that journey in a really amazing way, in the sense that she has given a lot of time to the business when I couldn't. Um, and she hasn't had children yet. They haven't decided to lean into that yet. And so it's worked out quite well and she's you know become a sort of gentle auntie to my children mm -hmm. as well um but the children have actually been an incredible 
actual pivotal thing for the business. Okay. Um, we opened the business and I, I'm pretty sure I fell pregnant that night. Um, wow. And which is so <laughs> typical. I know. I mean, you've got to, it's life, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So Zed was born when <clears throat> I was 26 and like I say, very early in the business land. And I, I've always been kind of like an, a one at all person. So I wasn't afraid of having a child and running a business. And, but I, I definitely noticed a change once I understood motherhood and once I understood the difficulties of motherhood, suddenly I was able to connect with my audience in such a different way. Mm. I mean, we run a stationery shop, it's a retail business and online, but so many of our customers have children. Yeah. And I found myself after dabbling my way through trying to be a really perfect mum for the first year of her life and then suddenly realising that daycare was actually the best gift to me and my mental health ever, which is another thing I say to mums in business all the time, don't be afraid of help and daycare. Like one of the biggest lies of motherhood is that your presence is, per is the best thing for them. And mm -hmm. that's not always true. Like I run a very balanced um, lifestyle with my kids. Like I'm not, a, I don't work full time and I'm not a full time parent, but I'm obviously a full time parent <laughs> in the sense that it never leaves you. But I think one of the biggest lies of motherhood is that being with your kids is the best thing you can do for them. And I think being with your kids is one of the best things you can do for them, but it's not the only thing. Mm. And being a good mother doesn't mean spending all of your time with them. Being a good mother means loving them hard and chasing your own dreams so they can see that they can do that too and all of these things as well. So we've we've found a a very delicate balance in our life and I'm very happy with the way that is. And the days that I'm home with my kids, I'm home with them. Mm. I try to be home with them. I'm home with them more times than I am at work. And yeah, when they nap, I work. Yeah. And I've recently discovered that outsourcing is a really great way to help me feel less stressed. And, you know, so there, there are a lot of difficulties about having children and owning a business. Like that's no secret. Like yeah. we know that, but there are a lot of joys in it as well. And I have allowed my kids to guide me through the seasons. My daughter started kindergarten this year. And one of the products we just created is Lunchbox Love Notes because I went to go and I'm not the mum who writes a love note every day. And that's what I talk about balance. Being a good mum isn't necessarily writing a Lunchbox Love Note every day. It's, you know, one every now and then. Yeah. And that makes their day and it's delightful because yeah. they weren't expecting it and all of that stuff. So there's so many ways to look at it, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we created this product and that's been one of our best selling products because that's the season I'm in and I just allowed it and we went, mm. okay, you know, there's some stationary needs that our business isn't tackling and I didn't know that and I couldn't have known that until I was a mum of, a, you know, a kindergartner. So um, we've had so many beautiful conversations with very tired mothers. Just yesterday I was saying to a mum who had a really similar kid, my daughter never slept. My second one did, my first one did it. <laughs> And it turns out it wasn't me, it was just her. Um, and I just had a, had a conversation with a customer yesterday and I was just like, you know, this will pass. Like she will get older and eventually you won't have this problem anymore and blah, blah, blah. And I was able to speak out of my own experience. And she just looked at me and said, in, you know, in my lack of village in my life, I found it here today. Mm. And to me, that is so important. And a big part of my business is just allowing those seasons of what you're walking, going through to sort of infiltrate through that. So my husband is very supportive and on board though, I will say. So he has um, 
a huge part of why I'm able to do this as well. So that does make a difference. Um, I have a lot of friends who don't have the same sort of support and that makes it a lot harder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the takeaway is don't be afraid of asking for help and allow something like daycare to be part of their life. It's just a village. You've got to see daycares like a family. Yeah. You're okay with leaving your kids with your mum or your sister, but somehow we feel guilty for leaving them with a stranger. Well, what if that stranger is your mum or your sister? Mm. You just see it as, you know, they're part of the family and we're just raising these kids together. My kids know. They, they love stationery. They're here all <laughs> yeah. the time. My five-year-old is obsessed with pens and she has fountain pens and all of that stuff. And and she loves it and she knows that what I'm doing is for me and I want her to see that. Did you grow up with any small business in your family? I did, yeah. um, but I actually swore to never do it um, the way that my parents did it because it was all consuming and particularly for my dad. Um, but I, I, I just really feel like I've had to make some choices that work for me. Mm. like outsourcing care has been part of that and yeah sometimes I pick them up at 5 30 in the evening which is late it's it's a big day for kids in daycare but then when I'm with them I'm so with them you yeah. know I'm, I will set up the activities and I we bake and you know we do all those things and I feel like their childhood hasn't been taken from them and at the end of the day I know that they will grow up knowing that if you work hard and you set your mind to something and you know you work together as a team you can do whatever Set you set your mind to um, and that's something my mum always said to me she's like whatever you set your mind to you can do and I think I'm living that for my kids yeah yeah and I think you've got to write your own rules really 100 percent right? <laughs> yeah. I am so done with that's what I was saying being with your children is not the only way to be a good parent there are so many amazing parents out there who are just doing it in different ways like and they're still great parents mm. and the kids are great kids and some of the children I know whose parents have worked full-time their whole life are actually the most amazing kids I've ever mm. met mm. you know and I just think there's so many just mistruths about how to do this and yeah. how to love hard and how to you know run your life and like I say I, I want all of it I want to mm. be a great mum and I want to be an you know a entrepreneur and a CEO, all that stuff. Yeah. I want all of it. And I, I, if I sacrifice watching a little bit of TV at nighttime, then I, I think I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does take a lot of organization though, which helps when you have a lot of stationary products. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That There's a lot true. of lists in my family. <laughs> but you know true. what's awesome? My kids write lists. Do they? You know, like they see me writing a list because I got a lot to do. So what does she do? My little one, she writes a list of all the things. She loves it. She thinks it's amazing. And so I think there's a, there's a benefit in everything. Anyway, I'm, raffle, I'm, I'm rambling. Oh, so. no. I think that's... A, thank you for being honest. Like, no pun intended. But <laughs> I really appreciate that as someone who's not yet a mum. Like, it's just... It's really inspiring to hear other women who are business owners, their stories, you know, and everybody wants to do it a different way. And I think like, there's just so much information out there now as well that we can consume ourselves with how everyone else is doing something. Totally. Because we read it in a book or because that's what our, our but friends that's are all doing. <laughs> like one of the biggest things I think about that is yeah. that you follow somebody who's all about exercise and that's their whole life. They're, it's their niche, right? Mm, and you feel guilty that your 5% effort is not as good as their 100% niche. And so we're, we're like going against, for example, I go to the gym 
a few times a week, I decided this year that was a really important thing for my mental health. I go for three 20 minute sessions a week. It is nothing, yeah. but it's everything for me. It's 300% more, well it's 100% more than what I was doing before. And it's a small thing, but next to the next person who spends their entire life at the gym, it's hilarious yeah. <laughs> the amount of effort that I put in, but I'm not going to compare myself to a hundred percent person because I'm so proud of the mm. 5% that I've managed to add into my life for this one thing. So the comparison, the comparison thing is so skewed. And if you just look at the, even just from a mathematics perspective, like it's so unnatural to compare the way you feed your children to the person who lives their whole life teaching people how to feed children. Mm. If that makes sense. And it creates more stress, right? That, you're more stressed about who you're not being or what everyone else is doing rather than if you just focus on, on being a hundred percent of what you want to be. Or and lots of 5%. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I have cherry picked for me, I'm just speaking from my own experience, but for me, I've cherry picked what's most important for mm. my children's childhood. And most of that is about who they feel like they can be, what they feel like they can say, what interests them, the amount of support they have, and a lot of the other stuff, like, it doesn't matter. They eat a really good balanced lifestyle, balanced diet, but they don't eat everything, and I'm not gonna apologize for that now because it's not important. Yeah. Like, they're really healthy, they eat everything. Uh, my point is, it's not, not all of it matters to the extent that it feels like it matters, yeah. I don't think. To me, I think, pick lots of little things that matter to you and focus on those and just let the rest of yeah. it fall to the wayside. Yeah, and I think that shows through, to bring it back, I guess, to business, that- Yeah, sorry. No, no. <laughs> suddenly on a motherhood podcast. <laughs> I'm passionate. No, I think this is really important. And um, it, yeah, I think, thank you for bringing this to the table in this way because it is something that inevitably majority of women are going to go through and they're going to face that decision at some point yeah. of how it's going to look and what happens to their business as well. Um, but to bring it back to, to your business, I think that strength of values that you have in the family, and I am a full believer that a, a lot of stuff starts in the home. So um, your strength totally. of your values personally with you and your husband and then with your children is you're able to bring that into the business and it shows because it's very clear what honest paper yeah. is about and what they're yeah. not about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. If there's one thing I want to do in my business is always be authentic and I'm fascinated by the human experience. And if there's one thing I've learned from being in retail for so many years and talking to customers for so many years is that every person's journey is so unique. Mm. And I am honestly now just delighted in hearing people's stories. And there's so much to learn from everybody, like everybody has their own truth or mm. whatever. Um, but yeah, I think the human experience and the human ex you know, existence is so interesting to me. And I just think if everybody feels confident in what they're doing and who they are, then we're going to have a whole lot less insecurity and a whole lot less comparison. And, you know, if we, yeah. So I agree. We have dinner together every single night. Yeah. It's one of our family values and I'll never stop doing that. And that's one of the things that I think is, you know, they're just little things. There are small things. We read books every single night. Mm. We're always, we do things as a team. We talk about 
you know, at Team Kauki all the time. And when my <laughs> kids are naughty, I'm like, you're just not being a team player. And, you know, it's, it's we're a team. Yeah. We're working together to create something. And, when you know, we have lost a lot of friends in that process yeah. because we've had to become more focused on who we are. And if there's one thing that small business will do, it'll, you know, separate you from a lot of what your friends are doing. And there'll be a lot of loss and heartbreak in that. But mm. at the end of the day, what's most important is your own life and, you want to do with your life right yeah yeah that's so true i think that's the side of of business that people don't talk about a lot when you're really and i think you get that if you take a corporate route as well and you're incredibly driven i think the same thing can happen too if you pursue sport um it's like at a certain point not nothing else matters but you need to have your focus on it yeah <laughs> it's 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 another baby it's a, this business is another child and yeah. so i think um that can be hard and if that's n like not everyone goes through, it, through that in the same way but certainly i've found that you know my drive is going to align with some people and it's not going to align with other people you'll find your own people though yeah right yeah like they they come to you and yeah. then suddenly i have so many friends that are like you are the breath of fresh air that I've been looking for for so long because I've just been hunting for this thing and I felt guilty for it and here you are mm. living it and thank you, you know, yeah. and that's like, and I, in the same way, so many people have come into my life and I'm just like, I like you, yeah. <laughs> let's be friends. Yeah. And the rest, I don't really mind. I don't really mind if people don't like me anymore. I'm beyond that, you know, <laughs> the older you get, you just sort of go, this is who I am and I can't change the, a lot of this. Like I want, to love people yeah. and I want to be a non-judgmental and kind and caring person. So many things, so many values, but at the end of the, I just think when you die, when somebody stands up at your funeral, what are they going to say about you? You know, oh, she had amazing abs. You know, like, I don't <laughs> yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm all, about, I love authenticity and I'm an open book, so probably too much. So, but no, this is great. Um, this is great. I hope that somebody feels encouraged by my I authenticity. I 100% <laughs> think this, this conversation will strike a chord with a lot of people and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, people's reactions and, and also, uh, yeah, just I think... <laughs> Ta-da! There is a pipe <laughs> in the background of my shop that's usually hidden by... <laughs> music and um we have apartments above us so if you hear that in the background that's what it is choose to put that in or not ruby i don't mind <laughs> go so one thing i think has been pretty cool to watch with your business that you've you've mentioned a couple of times on social media or just in passing when we've had conversations about how the business is going that people do travel to honest paper from all over the state potentially interstate I'd love for you to talk to me about how that, how your reach, obviously you have online, but people actually want to come to the store. And I think that that's pretty special. How has that come about? Where are they coming from? What are you doing right in your marketing? That's drawing <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> um, I think that for so long people have said, and I've heard this one million times, retail is dying, mm. online's taking over, and I will tell you from the core of my heart, it is not dying. 
boring retail's dying. Experiential retail is thriving. Human humans want, 100%. want experiential I, retail. I can almost guarantee in the next couple of years, all marketing is going to be about authenticity, about experience, about um, you know journeys and all that kind of thing. And I just think but the reason why people travel here is because there's a tactile experience with mm. stationery, obviously. Mm. Also, there's not many stationery shops no, around. No, um, even even brands like Kiki K are kind of, I don't even know if they, they came back and then they're kind of gone. And like, I, I know, <laughs> like, but do you know what I they're mean? They're not like, in Newcastle anymore. No, no. I don't know why, yeah. but um, they're not here. They are still around and I respect what she's done, but um, they've been bought out. Yeah, um, and, and, and there it's are, changed the business a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. And I hope one day that my business will be known more than Kiki K. Yeah. I think that would be cool, and I think that's ambitious. And I'm okay with that. Like I say, I'm trusting myself. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't think we, we, we don't have a very strategic marketing plan. I love to show people and delight in stationery. Mm. I do have a belief that all people love stationery. It's you just got to find the right kind. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know this because I live this and I see people come in with this like anti stationery, particularly husbands of like women who come in because most of our, our customer base are women and their husbands come in like, oh, blah, blah, blah. and then they walk away with the best pen we have and they're just, you know, so excited to get going. And I think that it's long been proven that journaling and writing and um, using paper is good for you and good for your mental health. And I think that when people take that time, it's the self-care thing and we do a lot of gifting as well. So um, just, you know, helping people make people's day and that kind of mm. thing. So that delights me. But I think in terms of um, marketing and people traveling here, it's actually a problem because they won't buy online. <laughs> they'll peruse online and then they'll drive to come and say hello, wow. <laughs> which is um, amazing. It's actually one of the things we wrote down when we first started um, our business was that one day we'd love to have a flagship thing that if you visited Newcastle, you couldn't go past without visiting yeah. a stationery shop. And in a sense, I pinch myself all the time, yeah. but that's actually reality. It's almost, it's almost daily at the moment. Um, one of the things though has been luck because, um, I don't know if you've read Outliers, but in that book, he talks yes. so much about luck and I'm like, I think a lot of it is luck, but Newcastle is a developing city. So there's a lot going on here and um, a lot of really cool businesses have worked together to create a beautiful city as well. So I think there's a portion of it is you're visiting the city and then by default this. Um, but yeah, we have a long way to go still. We use um, social media and we've had some crazy good response from TikTok too. Mm. So I know you wanted to talk about that. Um, that's an interesting journey for me being a 32 year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, TikTok has yeah. changed my life in a lot of ways. I mean, we only have about 5,000 followers at the moment, which is much less than we have on Instagram, but I have more customers walk through the door saying they found me mm. on TikTok than I do from Instagram. And that is shocking to me. And it's not just young people either. So yeah, um, we got on TikTok thanks to my friend, Ash from Film and Foliage. I'm not sure if you've ever spoken to her, but no, she'd be I she'd be worth an interview. Oh, good. Okay. She's okay, an amazing person and somebody I've, I've got a connection. <laughs> yeah, she's she's incredible. She's an amazing businesswoman as well. Um, and she said to me one day, "I've had crazy um, amount of growth in my business from TikTok. Just do it." And I respect people so much that when they'll tell me to do something, I yeah. almost won't even question it. I'll just 
I'm like, what have I got to lose anyway? The only downside of it is I, I feel so old on there, but now I think everybody's sort of, every day I see people saying that they've joined TikTok. And so I think the, the thing is, and Gary Vee will tell you, TikTok is a um, interest-based platform, whereas mm. Instagram's a social-based social platform. Mm. And so TikTok will push you more things that you like and the stuff that you want to do rather than just people. And so that's what makes it different because the algorithm... Um, and I'm no, by no means an expert, but from what I can understand, the algorithm is more interested in pushing you things that you want to enjoy and do and learn about yeah. rather than, in a similar way, Tumblr was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good old Tumblr. I, Some yeah. people won't know what we're talking my about. My darkest but... teenage days are spent <laughs> on Tumblr. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, in a similar way, Tumblr was all about interest and imagery and that kind of thing. Instagram's become so much about people and products, and I think that's where they're pushing mm. it, right? But... Um, yeah, TikTok is a really interesting place. They can really, people, uh, there's videos of small business owners saying, oh, you know, I've had this problem and TikTok do your thing. And then they just can blow it up. Like basically the community of TikTok will choose to blow something yeah. up or not. And so we've had a few vi videos go viral and yeah, an amazing amount of people from Newcastle who, you know, have come in and said, I had no idea you existed and seen you on TikTok. So I don't know. It's interesting. And I actually enjoy it as a platform. It reminds me of Instagram when Instagram first started. And to all of the young people, um, all of the older people saying, oh, you know, there's no audience on TikTok and blah, blah, blah. You're wrong. And it's just the same as when Instagram started yeah. and our age group was so onto it so quick. And we were like, this is so interesting. And everyone's like, eh, Facebook, you know. And now look, who uses Facebook? the yeah. older generation and then this, yeah, you know, and yeah. so it's slowly, um, I think, I, I think in about a year's time, almost everyone will be on TikTok and we won't even think anything of it anymore. The stigma will change. Remember when Birkenstocks were ugly? And now they're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they were cool when I was a teenager. In okay. The, You've done a full cycle as well. Yes, a yeah. full cycle with that one. It's like, yeah. So Just anyway. like flared jeans. Like we can talk about that things. for a long time. I'm sure there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of stuff. I'm like, oh no, fluoro should not be back. Yeah. <laughs> fluoro should never have come back the first time. Anyway. Yeah. So that's my journey on there. And I, I am doing different things on TikTok. I'm sort of pushing more into my authentic experience of business on mm. TikTok. Whereas Instagram, I feel a lot more... Um, is has to be a lot more curated and a lot more specific, I guess. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So one th one question I have on that, I am I feel like you guys are pretty consistent on social media, but it sounds like you're not hitting it with a three month oh. plan or campaigns no. or being like. Yeah, I say strategic. You are, but mm. you're not looking for a direct outcome by doing X, Y, and Z. What What do you think makes you stay consistent with your social media? Is it? Is it? I mean, you've always got new products arriving. That would help, <laughs> I think, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the things I've kind of realized about, particularly Instagram, is is that you feel like you've pushed a product a hundred times. Yeah. But the chances are that each person's only seen it once. Yeah. And often I'll have a customer say, come in and say, oh, I saw you playing with this pen. And I'm thinking to myself, I played with that pen months ago as well. Like, did you not see it then? Like mm. I did the same. So I don't, I don't know. I, I just know what I like to see on Instagram. And I don't, like I say, I like authentic and anything that's honest. We've just recently taken on a um, 
employee to do some social media stuff just for the feed and keeping up the posts and writing captions yep. and that kind of thing. And that's helped because I've tried to remove the things that take up too much time for what they're worth, if that makes sense. I'm happy to work hard, but if something takes me an hour, it should only take me 10 minutes or something I can be doing more valuable with my time, then I try and substitute mm. that out. And so that's been good because I don't have to worry too much about, I don't think anybody really uses the feed too much, but I think the direction of Instagram is going to be a shopping platform mm. from what I can okay. understand. Um, and so we're sort of, we're setting our feed up to be like, if you want to go find a product, you can quickly scroll through and see a picture and then yeah, they'll link to yeah. that. Um, and then the stories, I just put everything on there because, you know, it's gone in 24 hours anyway. Mm. But I recently created a, a close friends list actually of like our really dedicated customer base. And well, that's been really idea. interesting as well. And I've been sharing more about sort of the depths of business in there yeah. and had a lot of people um, interacting with that. So I don't know, I feel like there's so many layers to social media um, and I, I don't know everything, but I, it's growing and, you know, I, I don't hate it. Mm. So I mm. think that's important. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's always, I think that's the best attitude. I think as soon as you, I find myself spiraling into that hate, <laughs> yeah. then it's like, it's, this is not productive. And Nothing you hate is no, ever going to be productive. No. And if you hate it that much, you've got to figure out a way to make more money so you can pay somebody else to do it. And do you hate it actually because your habit is, I know the reason why I tend to go down that route is because I'm spending too much time on it. Right. Not I'm consuming. And so I get into that yeah. frame of mind versus actually creating and creating value for people yeah. and seeing that light people up. You know, yeah. There's such a difference. And then you just like, oh, I'm just going to keep pumping stuff out. Because yeah. And that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I also think like, I'm so tired of being judged for consuming social media. Like <laughs> I like social media. I enjoy it. My, I spend time on it and I learn things and I'm open to new, you know, experiences. And I think I like part of social media for business is, you know, creating that authentic experience. And my whole thing has always been what we have in here as a retail experience, we want to duplicate online. Yeah. And that's always yeah. the biggest business challenge mm. um, because it's very experiential and then you want the same sort of thing online. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't judge myself. I have days where I spend a lot of time on social media, I have days I don't go mm. on there at all. And I just sort of try to go with whatever I'm feeling. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I just know myself well enough to know that I don't consume social media problematically, Yeah, but I, do consume quite a bit of it, but then I also don't, you know? So, yeah. ugh, I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore, but social media is really cool. It's a human experience when it's done properly. Yeah. But I think people are so done with pre-designed feeds and, you know, like, what do you want to know, really? Yeah. You want to know what people yeah. are experiencing, Yeah. right? Yeah. After such, if there's one thing we learned from the pandemic is how important connection is. Mm. So if we can duplicate that there, then we're doing something good. And what you're saying is exactly that, that communication, like you're putting something out and people are communicating back to you mm. saying, you know, well done, Ruby. Yeah, or more. And of that makes you yeah. feel good, yeah. which is the entire <laughs> premise of social media in mm. the first place. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'd love to finish off this 
amazing conversation. Totally <laughs> making my day. And I always rave on about podcasting, but it is really like the best part of business. It's the one thing I haven't done yet. Oh, podcast. Ooh, I feel like everyone's a got challenge. a podcast though, yeah. you know? Well, so uh, the rebellious side of me is like, never, <laughs> but I probably said that about TikTok too. So who knows? So the direction that Honest Paper is going from what I can see is you have your online, you have your, your in-store experience, but then you're also creating your own, you have Honest Paper Studio. So mm. you're creating a lot more of your own products. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about why you wanted to do that and I guess what's some of the, the things that you're creating. Totally. Um, I think from our experience of living and breathing stationery and people's experience of stationery and everyday segment people actually use, we've just basically spent six years uh, researching, mm. um, doing market research. So I think from that we've realized that we think there's a gap in the market. There is um, luxurious stationery down one end, which is, you know, your big known brands, you know, Lamy, Lokterm, Rifle Paper Co, Vespoke Letter Press, those beautiful products that some people are happy to spend money on. And then the other end, there's like Typo, and then there's this middle range that Kiki K held for a while. Mm. Um, but to me personally, missed the mark design-wise um, and authenticity-wise and a lot of things. But um, I, we just feel like there's this missing gap in the middle of affordable, beautiful, well-made, you know, socially conscious stationery. Um, and so far, everything we've made has been in Australia, which mm. is pretty cool as well. But also one of the big business lessons that I've learned in the last year is, is that it's almost impossible to create everything in Australia, not just financially, but just because we don't have the manufacturing capacity. We, there's like not enough um, we're not a manufacturing country mm, in the way that mm. I think we idolize Australia to be. And a lot of people are, oh, you know, only support Australian made. It's like, well, there's so many things like even a pen coating, like the case, it, even if it was assembled in Australia, it's most likely not being made yeah, here because yeah. we don't have the factories to support yeah. it. So we're going on that journey as well and make, you know, figuring out the ethical side of things and the sustainable side of things. And um, trying to limit plastic and all that kind of stuff as well, which is really difficult with paper products. And yeah, so I, I would love for my products to be stocked across Australia. I love people to, to you know, my, my end goal to be brutally honest is to have um, people, uh, honest paper products to be the go-to mm. for stationery. You know, mm. you just know it's going to be really good quality. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. You're going to enjoy using it. You're not going to pay too much for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's newish, um, and we've yeah we've just we've got about fifteen or so stockers at the moment. We only started a few months ago, so wow. it's cool. And I just cool. I just got the keys for a warehouse yesterday, which is hilarious because I have no nothing to put in it. But this is the stretch and grow thing yeah, that I'm talking about. Yeah. So I I I'm quite confident that we'll need it within the next three to six months. So it's sitting there ready to go when we get our first oh, big shipment of things. So <laughs> this is me though. I love it. I love it. Silly. I, feel like, I feel like you and Gabby must be a great complement. We are a good know, team. Yeah, we yeah, are a good team. We're different, very different people. Um, we 
I'm, a lot of people ask, whenever we do Q&As, people always ask, how do you manage the business partner thing? Yeah, and maybe. I think a lot of it is luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then a lot of it is just, we're very understanding of the fact that we are different people. We fight, like we will fight over designs like crazy. Like wow, okay. our staff members are kind of like, eh, what's going on? But we know deep in our heart that we are so on board with what yeah. we're doing. We both have the same goal. So we both just want the best for the company and for mm. our own lives. And I think being friends, we've walked through some complex stuff together as well. So we deeply care about each other. Mm. And I don't think there's anything I wouldn't do for Gab. Um, yeah, we both bought our first houses this year, which is amazing. amazing. And um, yeah, so we've walked a lot of journeys together and I, I just cherish her as a friend and she does for me as well. So, but you know what? Most of our conversations are about the business. We don't talk a lot about personal stuff, even mm. in personal time. It mm. always lands back there. And we used to be like, we need to make sure we're not doing this. And now we just embrace it. Yeah. It's just a big part. It's like our little child yeah. and we have to talk about it. And there are days when we don't, but like, we just love it so much that we don't really want to stop, yeah. you know? So um, I miss her when she's away and yeah. But yeah, we have a really good time. And the whole thing is just always making sure having fun and um, doing what we want to do, I think. Well, I think that's a really lovely place to end this conversation. So thank you so much, Bella, for opening up your store early morning. Oh, so anytime. This conversation. <laughs> Come back next Friday. I'm going to go and um, buy some greeting cards. <laughs> oh, thank you so, so much for having me. Um, really, your work is really amazing and your journey and your career and everything oh. is so inspiring as well. And I think... Um, you know, if I ever had a podcast, I'd interview you too. <laughs> Amazing. Love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Bella. No worries.